Welcome to the Android Guys In Brief podcast, the podcast that brings you all of the tech news you need to know in just 15 minutes. Today is May the 11th, Friday, 2018. Today on the podcast, we have me, Matt Adams. I'm an editor here at Android Guys. We have another editor, Andrew Myrick. And the man that makes it all possible, Scott Webster, editor-in-chief. Hey, I'm important. Yeah. <laughs> that you are. I make it all possible. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is our first episode of the Android Guys In Brief podcast. And like we said, we're going to bring you all of the no- news you need to know in about 15 minutes. This is a, a bit of a special episode, though, because it is Google I.O. week. Um, if you didn't know, Google I.O., uh, Google's developer conference has been going on all week, and... Boy, have there been a ton of stories coming out of there. But we're going to start with a story that actually is not related to Google I.O., and that is that Google is going to release up to three Pixel-branded watches this year. Um, Evan Blass, who many people know as EVLeaks or EvLeaks, uh, tweeted out that besides the Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL and some new Pixel Buds, uh, Google is going to introduce a pixel branded watch later this year um, that was followed up by Roland Quant um, who is another pretty famous writer and leaker um, saying that there's actually going to be three watches coming um, Google has not released its own watch as of yet and uh, other other companies use their OS Wear OS so guys what do you think about Google reaching out just from phones and accessories now into watches too I think it's an interesting uh, move. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it feels to me like something that should have been happening, you know, a year or two back, uh, with Android OS, you know, moving into Android Wear. Uh, that seemed like something that Google would want to kind of take the reins on and say, "Hey, you know, when it comes to phones, we've had the Nexus line, the Pixel line. This is how we envision, you know, the hardware experience, or at least the the platform." Um, doing it for a watch i mean it makes sense to me i don't know how you i I mean watches are watches so the hardware aspect of that it's going to be you know are they any good at it does it look like something that google would put out i mean they've done a good job with you know having like a kind of a uniform aesthetic across like the google home uh the pixel book the pixel they all kind of look like google products so i would assume the watches look that way uh, but I feel like it should have happened, you know, maybe a year or two back. So I'm kind of happy to see. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's long overdue. I mean, we've been hoping for a um, a Pixel branded watch or a Nexus branded watch for a while now. Uh, at least I have, just to see what Google would be able to do with their, their own operating system. Um. I'm I'm surprised that Qualcomm's actually making a new chipset. I think that's pretty important for it. Uh, because the Snapdragon 2100 chipset has been around for like two or three years at this point, And all Wear OS devices still use it. But it's like super outdated, slow, uh, depending upon the other chip, uh, the other hardware inside. Mm-hmm. So them, them partnering up and saying, hey, we're going to make another Snapdragon Wear processor, I think that's pretty important. Yeah, you guys saying that it's been a couple years that we've been waiting on this. 
I wonder if they were waiting on a new chipset because, like you said, everybody uses the same thing, and it's. I mean the the process the processing power behind that is like four or five years old, and the chip came out like two or three years ago, so it's old old tech. Right. Question: Is there any indication that they're going to rely on a hardware partner for this, like HTC for the Pixel Two, or uh, anybody you know LG, Huawei that they've worked with? Is there any chatter about that yet? Uh, I wrote the post. I haven't seen anything, anybody, anything about them partnering with somebody specifically. Um, I know that the, there will be other smartwatch um, makers like Fossil and all that will be using the the Wear thirty one hundred also, but specifically for the Pixel, I haven't seen anything. I don't know if I don't know if you have Matt. No, I haven't either. But you would have to assume that they're going to have to team up with somebody because all of their they don't make their own hardware. You know, they bought HTC's arm, and, you know, I, I suppose that they could use that hardware arm to to create these. But from what we know about how long it takes to put hardware together, um, you'd think that these have been in the works longer than, you know, they've owned that HTC hardware arm. So I would assume that they're going to end up partnering with somebody, but I don't know who yet. Right. Uh, so in looking at the processor here the snapdragon wear 3100 looks like specs call for quad core processor uh not sure the clock rate yet i don't think anybody has that uh other specs include gps lte voiceover lte and uh bluetooth codec aptx so it's it's going to be fun to watch uh whether android wear or wear os kind of takes off again it kind of feels like a few like false starts uh with big intentions i know when android wear came out and then it was 2.0 it was kind of like each iteration's like oh here we go they're going to get it right or they're going to you know this is going to really kind of kick it off and you know for all practical purposes a fitbit uh samsung watch some of those they do everything i really need uh android wear is nice and wear os i would assume is going to be just as if not better but it's kind of hard for me to get excited for a watch, uh, especially, you know, every cycle. So the stuff that I have seems to be just fine for me, and I don't know that the next version is going to be super appealing. Um, do you guys have uh, experience with Android Wear, and what are your thoughts on a future, you know, having to replace that or wanting to replace that? Yeah, my my experience, I've had a couple watches in the past and I think it says a lot about where the where Wear OS and where um those type of watches are that I never truly fell in love with a smartwatch until I until I started using an Apple Watch cuz it's so much better than anything that um the Android side of things puts out right now. Um Andrew, I don't know how you feel, but just I I there's nothing that's truly compelling to me um, on the Android side right now. No, if I were to pick up an Android Wear watch today, like if I were to buy one myself, I would go on like Swap or something and pick up the original Moto th- or the second gen Moto 360. Right, and how long Huawei has that been out? I mean, a lot of, it's been years. Like, right. Hardware-wise, we haven't seen anything major and quote-unquote innovative in quite some time, and I think that is... Um, part of the problem 
for the most part. Plus, but with with uh, Google rebranding Android Wear to Wear OS, I mean, obviously they have something planned. I know that there were some sessions at I/O based on Wear OS, uh, so it'll be interesting to see like where where they think its wearable uh, division is actually going in the next couple of years. Because I don't think they're just going to give this one last shot and then quit on it. But right. who knows? It's, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Yep. So as to when we can expect these, we're probably not going to see them until October-ish, if you know the last couple of years are any indication. Uh, probably October, but between now and then, the rumors are probably going to fly. Um, yeah. Do we have any code names we can keep an eye on? Any type of uh, rumored stuff that if you're looking for them online? Yeah, so sticking with uh, Google always goes with names of fish for code names for their devices. Um, so, so far we have Ling, Triton, and Sardine to go <laughs> off of. So, good old Google with their fish names. I can't tell what the hierarchy is on those. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do they stack up and which one's the the big bad boy <clears throat> cool so uh we'll keep an eye out for that stuff here over the next couple of weeks and months all right so one? the uh as as andrew said there was a couple of uh things about uh wear os during io so let's get into some io news um the the first piece of news that we're going to talk about is probably the most recent to come out of um uh, google io and that's Google is going to start requiring um, Android device manufacturers to roll out regular security patches. Um, and this isn't necessarily software updates, um, but this is the monthly security patches that Google releases for uh, for the Android operating system. Um, the, the head of Android's platform security stated um, that they're currently working to build in um, security patching into the agreements that the OEMs have to sign to actually use Android. Um, and he said, this will lead to a massive increase in the number of devices and users receiving regular security patches. Um, I'm just wondering, do you guys think that this is actually a big deal, getting the security patches? Because we always complain about how slow Android updates are, but no one ever really talks about security patches that much. So this doesn't feel like something that should be new. It kind of feels like we maybe have heard something like this before uh, or similar in terms of, you know, requiring software updates to Android for at least 18 months or two years or promising to support their own devices. And, uh, you know, I know they've been pushing out their own security updates monthly, but I don't know. Um, you know, when I talk about devices, when I review things like something from Blue, uh, you know, some of their phones tend to be a little bit, I don't want to say behind, but they tend to be like one release behind what a lot of the phones are. So if, you know, 8.0 stuff is out right now, um, sometimes you find a phone that sneaks out with 7.0 or 7.1. So when I address that, my concern is, hey, you know, Visually uh, and performance-wise, they're not huge differences between them. Some things you're going to look at and go, oh, yeah, that's definitely, you know, Oreo, or that's a feature that you got in 6.0 or whatever. But addressing security, you know, sometimes you'll see these vulnerabilities in these headlines of securities and leaks and things that are, you know, leave and open these vulnerabilities. So 
that is something to be concerned with. Um, I think if you're doing it maybe quarterly or at least hitting these major, you know, if there's a major exploit, then of course you're going to want to get something out there. But I don't know. It kind of feels like, you know, I, I if this isn't new news, it feels like something that should have kind of been like, hey, this is this is part of using Android. You're going to have to, you know, if we push out a software update, you should be pushing it out as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm not super excited about this because, you know, it, what if, say, one, what if Motorola decides that, no, we're not going to do this? You know, is, is, is Google going to pull, like, the ability to, for um, Motorola to use the software anymore? I doubt it. But what this could mean is, uh, reading our notes here, it says this, a lot of this has to do with Project Treble. So I'm hoping, 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 hoping this opens the door for OEMs to stop taking six to eight months to over a year to give us new versions of Android. And this might just be opening the door for that. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but um, that's what I'm hoping for. I, as far as the regular security patches, as long as they're semi-updated and it makes it easier for OEMs to release a patch when a big... Uh, a big security issue arises that's great and fine and dandy but that's not really my issue when it comes to updates yeah i i 100 agree with you um i'm not super concerned about security unless there's a huge exploit going on um and you know for me that should be an easy easy patch to push um if there's something massive going on I agree with you, Andrew. Um, when you start talking about Treble, you know, the big thing with Treble was that it was supposed to make updates faster. And if we can get newer, secure versions of OS updates quicker, that's what excites me. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you guys this. Do you think carriers should be allowed to impede uh, these updates? Do you think they should have to pass through carriers? I mean, we could spend a long time talking about that, but at a surface do you think it has to be vetted by say verizon before rolling it out if samsung says no we've had this ready to go since april why is it not getting out until july uh should carriers have that kind of you know approval process nope yeah um i don't think so definitely not for security um updates now i understand they want to pass you know major os updates because they uh they pay these cell phone companies to put their apps on there and you know they have to make sure that it works on their service i get that i still think it sucks and they take way too long but i get that mm -hmm. security absolutely not yeah see i mean i guess their side of it's going to be hey you know we don't want something to be pushed out that breaks our services or does something that we're not quite ready for you know you think back years ago when google made it possible to do mobile hotspot right in the platform this is something that was like revolutionary like the idea of taking your phone and turning it into a hotspot before carriers were ready to kind of say wait a second that's cool with us um you know i don't know what kind of changes could be done uh you know security wise nothing really that's going to break or do anything to a carrier, but if it comes to uh, user features and experience, that's more of the platform side. I can see them kind of saying, "Give us some time to look through this and figure out if it, you know, 
breaks something that we're doing or conflicts with something or we need to stop what we were working on because now it's built into the platform. I get all that. But when it comes to security, I think if Google pushes something out and the OEMs grab it and they've vetted it, I say day one, put it out. Absolutely. The world moves so fast now and, and information is shared so quickly that if someone gains access to your phone or many phones, you know, that information is immediately being gathered. You got to work to mitigate that really, really quickly. Right. So uh, talking about platform and software updates, let's go to the next topic. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, one of the big parts of uh, the keynote during uh, the first day of IO was the new features for Android P. Um, I just want you guys to tell me what you saw, what you think is the most important, and what blew your mind. In terms of Android P? Yeah. What What did you see for Android P that makes you excited for the future of Android? So uh, I think we were chatting kind of internally uh, with in Slack and a couple of things kind of piqued my interest, but uh, I like the idea of um, the dashboard. I mean, we've been able to see what apps are using our battery and what percent and how often we're using, you know, like what, what amount of our battery is being used by an app. Um, mm -hmm. We've been able to do that with data to see what apps are using data. Now it makes sense with the Android dashboard to see what actual apps we're spending our time with uh, in terms of time. So not just battery draw, but looking at it going, wow, although this is a really efficient app and doesn't use much battery, I spend a lot of time on you know, Reddit or checking my uh, crypto in, uh, in an app just to you know, update that so many times a day. Uh, how often am I actually unlocking my phone? Uh, how often am I getting notifications responding? To me, that's interesting to have that information because if I'm cognizant of that, then maybe I can make some changes and say, you know what, it is, it's on me to put my phone away a little bit more. I, I can very easily go to dinner, put my phone away. Uh, you know, we sit down at the table as a family. Nobody messes with their phone. Uh, I can go to a movie and not even think about getting my phone out. But when it comes to just throughout the day, if it's a, a boredom thing, man, I'm picking my phone up all the time. Uh, so dashboard was interesting. And then uh, for me, the other one is the navigation, you know, getting away from the three buttons, whether they're hard buttons or soft buttons, but getting into more of like a gesture, you know, like swiping off of one button. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, Andrew, you? Oh, it's definitely the gesture navigation. Um, uh, I also use an iPhone X in addition to the Galaxy S9 Plus, and I absolutely love gestures. And I'm so excited that they're coming to Android. I know OnePlus did this earlier this year already. Like they, on one of their Oxygen OS open betas, they brought gesture support. But to see it come to stock Android, I'm so excited. And it's making me want to get a Pixel 2 like right now. Just <laughs> so I can a, play with it. Have you had a chance to play with it, either of you? Not yet, no. No, I haven't either, but like Andrew, I was on Swappa checking uh, the prices for used Pixel 2 XLs uh, as soon as they started showing that, because that looks amazing. So I have a Pixel 2, and I installed the beta to play with it, and by default, it's not on there. You have to go into the settings under gestures and turn it on, uh, 
because by default you're going to get your standard three. But it is fun. Um, it's interesting and kind of like unlearning something that you've used for you know the better part of a decade now and looking for the multifunct or the the recent apps button, the back button. It's kind of kind of interesting. Uh, it does have a little bit of a learning curve, at least for me. Do you, do you think it's going to be easy for people to adapt to that when they upgrade to Android P? You know, I think it can if they have like those overlays that kind of walk you through using it. Um, if you're brand new out of the box, you know, do they assume that every person's never had a phone and let's walk you through Android? I don't think they really do that. Uh, but if they assume, hey, you've probably used our phone because you know, 80% of the world's been using Android. Uh, so here's what's a little different from what you might be familiar with. Maybe just a couple of things to say, you know, tap here, swipe up, do this. It, it's not going to be hard to figure that out. Um, but if you just hand it to somebody, like I handed it to my wife and said, hey, check it out. Here's the way the menu works. What do I do? How do, you know, and my son, I put him into an app and he's like, okay, so... How do I go back? You know, I'm like, oh no, the button's there for back. Uh, but showing them being able to swipe through, it, it moves quick. Mm -hmm. uh, swiping up to get into your apps, it does have like this, it feels a little bit redundant if I'm trying to get into my app drawer um, to just swipe up once. It takes you, you know, presents the five apps that you're most likely to be opening at that time or want to use. Uh, but if you do a quick, like a full, swipe all the way up you can go right into it it kind of doesn't have the two-step process that i thought it did you can kind of do like this long drag to get into it um yeah that was kind the, of nice that was the one thing i didn't like was them taking away the app drawer from just a swipe up i'm so used yeah. to that like learned thing now and it's so easy and i use that so much because i'm a i'm a one screen guy um mm -hmm. i have a uh calendar widget on my second screen but that's it so i'm i'm all the time in my app drawer um opening up apps and now it's a it's a second swipe and or a, a longer swipe and i know that doesn't seem like a big deal when you say it but for daily use i have a feeling that's gonna annoy the crap out of me yeah it kind of took a second for me to realize wait i can actually you know i'm not swiping from you know with the pixel they have the search bar at the bottom so you kind of put your finger there and swipe up mm -hmm. that gives you those apps in the search but then you swipe again to get to your menu or your whole set of apps but if you're actually doing it like along from the home screen you can drag that all in one motion to get into it so it you know after two to three days i've kind of felt like oh this makes a lot of sense so it is a nice change it's it's definitely the animations are cool they're little subtle things the ui has some refinements that uh you know, notifications, um, they, they just look a little bit cleaner. Uh, they've kind of added a little bit more color back into it. Uh, when you go into like your settings, it's not quite as, you know, two-tone. Uh, I, I, it's got a little bit of life to it, so I like it. So a couple of the things that they showed off were adaptive battery, um, and that is supposedly going to look at the apps that you use and you know push some that you don't use as much to low power cores then we have stuff like adaptive brightness which it more adjusts to how you like the brightness what depend you know 
and not so much how much uh, light is in the room. Um, so they're relying a lot on like machine learning and AI. And, you know, my question is, you know, do, do you guys think that those are features that people are actually going to care about and are they actually going to make that big of a difference? Um, are you actually going to notice that they're there? You know, that's tough. Uh, adaptive battery, probably just going to be a case of, you know, every platform release, major update is... Weird every year. Battery. Every yeah, year. Battery, battery is better. And then we're getting, you know, better technology in the batteries. We're getting higher capacity, quick charging, wireless. So that's improved. So it might be minimal, uh, but it is nice to see them kind of address that or, like, make a concerted effort to address it. Uh, adaptive brightness kind of sounded like, you know, wait a second, this is my phone already does that. It looks at, you know, the light around that. But then when I realized, well, maybe I like it brighter than what the phone wants to set it at and kind of overrides the ambient light sensor, uh, that is nice to me. So if I, you know, I'm in my room at night reading, sometimes I like to keep it at a certain brightness, which is actually brighter than what it recommends so if it learns me and starts to set things and kind of give me this like you know i don't have to think about it that's when i know it's really working but if i find myself reaching and kind of adjusting and doing things then that's where i know hey it's not quite working the way they at least sold it to me all right well let's move on to our last topic and uh this is the one everyone's talking about. Um, Google <laughs> Duplex. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so, and we'll have a uh, we'll have a video of this in our show notes um, on AndroidGuys.com. But um, Google showed off a demo of uh, what they're calling Duplex, and it is it's a, the technology behind um, you know pretty much Assistant turning into a real assistant, um, being able to have real conversations with people over the phone. Um, Andrew, do you think that this is the start of just us <laughs> not talking to anyone anymore? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Judgment Day. I hope so. <laughs> That, that that too. That too. Because, <laughs> all right, so the, it, it was really cool that it actually, like, called, what was it, a barbershop or a, a hair salon in a restaurant or whatever. But what freaked me out was the pauses that it yep. made. Like, the ums, uh, hmm, like, those realistic tendencies put into a, a, a computer, like a bot. It's like, okay, um we're not going to die, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're not just going to take over, right? Well, well think so, about I mean, it. it was really cool. And I could see the... I... Huh? No, go ahead. It's just like... It just like kind of freaked me out a little bit. It's really, really cool when I could see like the uses, especially for uh, like accessibility and stuff like that. But it still freaked me out. So... It so. knows everything. Like if you if it calls and says I need to set an appointment, it knows the name, it knows the time, uh, how many people. If it's a reservation, it knows all that stuff. 
immediately. The fact that they build in these deliberate pauses to make it, you know, not only like say, uh, or, mm, but the fact that it kind of puts these spaces and lets it breathe a little and makes it feel real is mind blowing. I, it's been a long time since I've watched a demo on a stage of some kind of tech or some kind of product where I was just like, whoa, that's really cool. And also potentially very scary. Um, I'm not afraid of it doing anything, but I think, uh, you know, uh, there are people who were, they look at it, you know, if you look at some of the feedback on Twitter, uh, there are people who are just, you know, talking about how uh, it's not right that they do that. Uh, I know Google has come out since, uh, I think in the last day or so, and said that, you know, they're taking feedback and that when it ultimately rolls out, uh, you know, it'll be some kind of a disclaimer that might say something, you know, perhaps it says, Hi, I'm a Google Assistant calling on behalf of somebody I'd like to set an appointment. If it does that, I think that's amazing. I think that's really cool. Uh, I think that people could very well get used to that. Uh, I think if I ran a business and I got a call that says, Hi, I'm a Google Assistant calling for you know Andrew, I think it would be cool because then I know what to expect from that conversation. But if it's without that... It... <laughs> It's crazy. I imagine two of these things talking to each other and having some kind of crazy conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man, that would be hilarious. It'd be like the, the Home versus Echo or whatever it was a few years back. You know that yeah, there's I mean, going to be videos on YouTube in 10 years of the 10 craziest uh, assistant-to-assistant calls or whatever. Like, that's going to be a thing. Yeah. And uh, I like it. Uh, you know, Whenever something like this happens, uh, whenever tech gets that much easier for people, uh, you know, I, I tend to litmus test it with my wife. Hey, check this out. And she's always like, this reminds me of Wally. We're going to all be sitting around in these chairs getting attacked <laughs> and not going to do anything. I'm like, can you at least concede that it's awesome? And she's like, it's cool. It's okay. I'm like, no. It's conceivably, it's amazing. Uh, like you said, Andrew, having it for accessibility people who can't do things like if they just you know uh, they can't type out on the keyboard or use their actual voice but if they're actually doing like uh, you know Morse code or they're doing something where they have to actually you know tell it manually to do things for it to call somebody and set these appointments or to just have conversations on behalf of somebody I think that's really really cool How soon are we going to have yeah, this? Did, did they say? I mean, it's coming months, was it? Or just in the works? It says uh, they're, they're, it's going to be coming to a small number of users later this summer. So, whatever that means. It sounds like a beta it's, test Google, group. Google did, Google did say that uh, they'll be putting a disclaimer whenever, like, Assistant makes a call. So that I mean I guess that's a little easy that that makes it a little easier cuz like during the uh, the keynote announcement they didn't say that they just said this will this is coming. That's a big um, thing to leave out. But one thing yeah. But the cool thing is is like Google does things every couple of years to like polarize the public. And my non-techie friends are like sharing the announcement post on Facebook and Twitter and stuff and just like commenting about it. And I think that this is one of those things that people, whether you are like us and super nerdy and geeky or whatever you want to call it, 
and those who aren't are like kind of like Google gets everybody together and this is how they do it. Like showing off duplex is how they do it. Mm-hmm. And it just shows off like how Google IO may be only once a year, but it still shows us how much power, how much firepower they really have behind the scenes. Right. Well, and that's not to say anything of what they talked about with, you know, Google assistant in general with the new voices and how natural they sound, the stuff that they have in photos with being able to edit or recommend sharing for people if they know who's in the photo. Uh, Google Maps being able to suggest, you know, hey, we want to go out to dinner. Let's, you know, collectively figure out where we're going to go without having to text back and forth and tell people, no, I don't want to do this. Or what about that? Like being able to put these lists together, like all that stuff is really awesome. And it's all centered around machine learning. So I think that's like a huge theme this year. And but they've done a really good job of like touching everything they do has some machine learning like google with the gmail with being able to almost type out an entire email based off what it thinks you're going to say uh with like shortcuts and th- i mean that's really cool <laughs> oh yeah definitely all you have to do it like that i haven't gotten that yet but i can't wait for that to cut like it's starting to roll out now but like being able to automatically type out emails is going to save so much time addresses a lot of stuff that we're doing, like canned responses, like I'm copying and pasting. Like, if I can alleviate that, that's that just saves me a few minutes here. But if I do that four or five times a day, times you know, 300 times a year, that's that's a lot of productivity and that I get back a lot of time. And just think about how excited everybody was when we started getting smart replies. And I mean, smart replies are still like kind of beta-ishy and still rolling out to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting technology that like writes entire emails and freaking calls the hair salon to set up a hair appointment for you and sounds like a real person. I mean, that is a crazy advance in such a short amount of time. And, you know, I'm sure Duplex isn't ready for prime time yet. That's why it's not rolled out and... You know, even in the demos, you could hear a couple a couple little issues. But, I mean, that is such a quick advance in the technology that that, for me, is what is the mind-blowing thing, is how fast it's happening. Right. Makes you wonder what they aren't quite ready to show yet. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what got cut from Google I.O. this year that was, like, that puts Duplex to shame? Right. Well, like you said, smart replies, that, you know, with Google's inbox that was one of the cool things was like hey i don't have to worry about sending off a quick sounds good thanks or yes i'm in that type of thing but you know having that in gmail now and and i watch those just to see what it suggests for me in my Mm -hmm. responses and i'm getting to the point where i'm wanting to just tap that and then maybe add one or two small things to it but almost universally they're kind of hitting that on the nose you know like here's the responses we think this merits but when you look at that then the conspiracy theorists and the other side of the coin is man they know everything about you they know everything that's in your email and why should they have access to read all that and and what are they doing with that data and we could talk probably another hour on yeah the 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 merits of that but uh i'm okay with it i i I really am and i think if there's opt-in and opt-out and you know they're transparent about things I, I say bring on these things that make my life easier 
Yeah, tra- I mean, they have to be transparent. I mean, it's a must. Yep. Um, if they're not, then that's a different road that we don't need to go down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's going to do it for today. This, this Our episode today was a little bit longer than... Uh, we would normally expect just because of all the IO uh, announcements, but we will post our episodes on the on the front page of our website, androidguys.com, and wherever fine, fine podcasts can be found, like iTunes and Google Play Music. Um, so since this is a Friday episode, we're going to remind you, check in over the weekend. We post our... Um, Saturday savings posts where we tell you where you can save the most money on tech products and we also have just started our weekend recommender where we talk about some of the cooler products that we're taking a look at so be sure to keep your guys eyes open for that for uh, Andrew Myrick and Scott Webster this is Matt Adams signing off